0: Welcome to the Semi-Informed Football Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of European football. Join your hosts Mark and Marco as we explore the latest matches, controversies, and stories from the beautiful game across the continent. Whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started, we're here to bring you insightful analysis, lively debates, and a whole lot of passion for the sport we love. Get ready to experience European football like never before. Hey everyone! Welcome to the Semi-Informed Football Podcast, a special midweek episode uh, so we had Champions League, we had actually Match Day Three um, uh, this week with some really, really exciting challenges. And like I pointed out in the in the last Champions League podcast, this was the first game of the home and away back to back uh, games. So Match Day Three, um, they'll be duplicated for Match Day Four, just in that home and away. So this is going to be very, very exciting, and this is uh, the, the matchup where you're actually looking forward to uh, the next game. But before we actually get into the Champions League, what I want to make point of, and we didn't mention this on the on the weekend roundup on the weekend, but I really do have to mention this right now. So um, death of Bobby Charlton at 86. So on October 21st, uh, Bobby Charlton uh, died. Um, he was kind of battling with uh, dementia. He had a pretty amazing record with Manchester United. So uh, he had 758 appearances with Manchester United, 249 goals. Now this is over 17 years with United. So he played 17 years straight with United, almost kind of retired with United, but he ended up leaving for Preston North End to be a manager, and then he became a player manager. I guess back in the day, you can kind of do things like that. But he had a pretty uh, crazy life. Um, probably known as probably one of the best English football players of all time. Uh, you know, well, debatably so. This is, this is quite a bit ago. Uh, he started in uh, 1956. He she played from 56 to 73 um, with, with United. He had a lot of... Um, you know, cra- crazy occurrences in his uh, life. He was actually one of the, what do they call And you'll probably see you hear this before. One of the Busby Babes. Yeah. Uh, bus- yeah, one of the Busby Babes. So again, he Busby was Boy. the protégé of uh, Matt Busby. Matt Busby was a manager of uh, United at the time, and he actually took a group of, uh, I guess, kids from the academy and uh, brought them up. So these youngsters uh, were supposed to be the best in Europe and probably would have went on to kind of win a lot of... Uh, of a lot of champions, pan championships, unless, except one thing happened. It was the Munich era disaster. Now this is weird. They actually had a game in Yugoslavia at the time. Uh, for, they left from Zeman Airport, the Manchester United team. They did a, a stopover in Munich, and uh, the conditions were really, really bad. It was in, it was in winter. There was ice, sleet, uh, slush, and everything like that. Uh, they actually uh, tried to take off, but they got pulled back twice, and they finally did it a third time. Now as they actually left the, the 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 runway they clipped a fence and one of the wings went right into a house. Now the plane downed right away um and again with with 44 people on the plane 20 people died right away which is crazy and actually seven people on the Manchester United team. So uh Bobby by Bobby Charlton who at the time he was uh he wasn't a regular of the team he was just like an up and comer uh he was one of the surviving members of the team so he actually had to kind of go forward knowing that you know half of his teammates died um and really kind of be strong for the rest of the world but again other achievements that he won uh he won the he he won the world cup with england in 1966 so england's only world cup and uh he was uh like instrumental in that he actually won the european cup in 1968 the european cup was the champions league at the time so uh with manchester united he went with that so again uh great 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 player uh Never, I've only seen really kind of uh, videos of him videos on YouTube and everything. One thing that I could say is very distinctive of it is that kind of comb over, like <laughs> he's the only one that really, really rocked that comb over. And it's crazy because again, like he had it like at 27, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's one thing, uh, that's one thing I remember
1: him. So, uh, rest in peace, uh, Bobby Charlton. Yeah, so anytime a player is going to contribute to winning the World Cup, the world's, the planets, the intergalactic universe's most prestigious trophy. They're definitely going to go down as a hero.
0: We're going to leave that topic. We're going to go right into the Champions League. And I know um, we made some predictions on Match Day to uh, our our last podcast on Champions League. And Mark actually has a a record of those predictions. Now, uh, I made those predictions thinking that we'd never be called out on them. But uh, here we go. We're going to get called out on that. Probably going to mention that as we go. We're going to go from a a group by group stage, kind of go through some notable points of what happened with the games. So um, if you didn't get a chance to watch all the games, or you just want to recap, this is an amazing podcast to kind of really get your uh, get, get your juices going and uh, excitement about the Champions League. So let's kind of kick things off with Group A. The first game we're going to talk about is uh, Bayern and Galatasaray. Now, uh, this one was actually really interesting. So I think I predicted a Bayern win. I think everybody predicted a Bayern win on this one. Yeah. Bayern ended up winning 3-1, but nobody expected it to be like this. So Galatasaray actually had a really great game. So they actually had more shots on net. They had more possession but Bayern won 3-1 now you could see that probably like that experience and everything kind of pay off uh they had an early goal by Coleman, um and then Kane and Musiala you know two of the bigger heroes the two of the her- big stories that uh and at uh, uh Bayern this year they actually came through so they won 3-1 so Mark I don't know you you have those uh
1: predictions handy how did that one go yeah so Marco actually you did predict Bayern would win 2-1 okay I cautioned. I said Galatasaray yeah, is a good team, and they were playing at home, but it was a great prediction.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Hats off, hats off to Galatasaray uh, because they played an amazing game. So yeah. the next game, next game in Group A was uh, Man United Copenhagen.
1: Um, okay, let's actually start off with the prediction, Mark. What was the prediction? Okay, so given how well Copenhagen played the first game, I did predict it would be a one-one draw. Uh, but I also made the comment that you know. Harry Maguire would score. He did score. Man United won one nothing, but uh, I I didn't expect Harry Maguire to score for his team against the opposition, so I was half right. Yeah.
0: Well, Harry Harry Maguire got some time. He got the start, and he doesn't typically get the start in um in in the Premier League. So uh, again, uh, good call on that. Yeah, he celebrated like it was Christmas. Hundred <laughs> percent. So how Group A is real is rounding up. Uh, Byron in first with nine with the full points. Galatasaray second, four points. Man United with three points. And Copenhagen with one sole point. So let's head into Group B. Um, this was a little bit tighter. So uh, the first game was Arsenal versus Sevilla. And Arsenal won 2-1. And one thing that I got to notice about this game is that uh, I think Gabriel Jesus had a, an amazing game. Um, you know, Whereas sometimes you know, they wonder if he's the right striker for the team. Um, he set up a Martinelli for the first goal and then he took the second goal but I think he definitely had an amazing game.
1: Oh, that second goal was master class. yeah. him being on the on the keeper's uh, right side of the box, right? And Jesus on the left. And just the way he he cuts in, like he he before he even takes the shot, he knew what he was gonna do. You could see it and and to do it just shows not just the intention but the skill to cut in the box, you know. Tap it with the, the right and then throw it into the far side of the net. This is beautiful goal. For sure. And how and how the rest of the group uh, uh oh sorry in the prediction on this one. I didn't give yeah, I didn't give a score. Yep. Yeah. Um I was riding high in Sevilla just because of the European experience. You know, I always think, and this is gonna come up later on, I always think the the league, the domestic game that a team plays uh before the Champions League midweek game, has a bearing, right? It has a bearing. And, you know, I think Arsenal sort of learned their lesson, if you will. And um, and then they had to come out. They had to come out strong. And I think that that was a big thing. Um, Having said that, Sevilla also had a, a strong weekend game against Madrid, held them to a tie. But I think they used up all their energy in that game. So I was wrong. I had predicted Sevilla to win and they lost.
0: Yeah, we see that sometime. You mentioned uh, you know, uh they had a they had a big game on the weekend, but I noticed uh some teams playing sort of a skeleton squad, uh mm-hmm. ones that were in Champions League, skeleton squad on the on the weekend. Like say, you know what, some teams playing uh backup keepers, um you know, it's 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 very interesting, the tactics. Like, again, it's early in the season, and points are really, really important, especially in these tight-fought battles. But, uh, yeah, you know, what's that's, I guess, where the tactics come in.
1: Okay, so the next game, I believe, is it Lens and PSV, right? Yes. You call it Lens, I call it Lens. But, yes, Lens and, and PSV. All right, so this was my prediction. Um, I was riding high on Lens, okay? They were uh, at home again. Uh, the last time they were at home against Arsenal... They pulled off the upset. Credit to PSV because PSV had been uh, playing strong in their game against Sevilla, right? But uh, in the end, um, it was a tie. A well-deserved tie. Both teams battled, but it was a well-deserved tie. Great. So how this group uh,
0: uh, ends up is uh, Arsenal at six points, uh, Lens at Lens at five, Sevilla at two, and PSV at two. So again, a little bit tighter here. So I still think this one is a little bit open. Okay, let's jump into Group C. In um, the first game here, well, this was a really, really interesting one. So Real Madrid played Braga. Now, what I saw at the beginning of this, I, I saw that Modric got, Modric got the start. So that, that was interesting. Like, like, I think that's where that, that timing came. It's like, when are you going to start Cruz? When are you going to start Modric? Uh, Camavinga was on the left. So very interesting game. But with this, um, I love their forwards. Now, I don't know how much this is sustainable because they don't have, like, a really um, kind of killer striker on that team. But uh, Vinny Jr., Bellingham, and Rodrigo, um, I think they they they, they matched up nicely. So, for this, um, um,
1: Real Madrid actually won the game 2-1. Uh, what was the prediction, Mark? Uh, the prediction was you predicted Madrid would win 2 nothing. Oh, wow. That was a close one. Yeah, you got it. My only thoughts on this one was, um, yeah, Bra- Braga, they fight. Yeah, I, And, um, you know, those of you who listen to the show with our, our guest host, uh, Mateo, he he's pretty much saying that Madrid are, are lucky to keep eking through, whether it's in La Liga or in Champions League, because they are missing a bona fide Stryker. striker. And I think that's kind of evident when you have a team like Madrid playing Braga. Like, they should be, you know, scoring a lot more.
0: So they'll be sniffing around to Oseman or, hey, let's see what Mbappe is in the off. He's not a striker, but I'm sure he could help that a forward line. Uh-huh. Perfect. Then the next game was Napoli-Union-Berlin. Now, this was a tighter game than it really expected to be. Um, there was actually... Um, so so Napoli won this one nothing in Berlin. So uh, Napoli ended up getting their points, uh, which, I, 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 again... Uh, I, I think this this group is playing out the way it should be, but there's a few outcomes of this game that was kind of weird. Is really really off the pitch. Um, first one is uh, the their striker the striker online from from the Premier League, uh, Fofana. He refused to uh, shake the hand of his manager after the game. He actually got uh, fined and uh, suspended for that. So I don't know how that's playing out a little bit, but I'm like that. I find that quite weird. Where he did not play the game. I don't know what happened really there with respect to. Um, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, the two of them um next thing is also um a uh, second game what, league game and then our champions league game where Bonucci didn't start so I think somebody out there kind of manufactured some sort of uh disdain w- 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 with that where you know now he just came to the to the to the club new and now he's causing trouble or anything like that but he actually came on Instagram saying no everything is fine uh force a union um it, this is just a came decision and this is a this is a team sport, and uh, th- this is what the team needed. So good on him. Like I think he said th- said the right thing, but uh, let's see how that one plays out.
1: Yeah, I mean Union Berlin, I'll give them lots of credit. Um, my prediction for this game was Napoli to win. I got that correct. The score line, I really thought Napoli would put more by. I had it at three nothing. It's one nothing. Yeah, and again,
0: Osimen being out and uh, a lot of the, I guess uh, the address right. of put on say Quarescalia. Uh, um, he had a phenomenal like he does this shoulder fake when he when he comes up the wing and he was he went on the touchline and he w- blew past the defender and he and he he passed it off to Raspador who dropped it and it was a very very nice goal but you could see that um I don't know it just seems like with Card Scalia he he has that second burst of energy that other other players don't where he can, can just kind of really blow by you so you know what defenders beware I'm going to say how this kind of group uh, is planning out so Real Madrid with full points at nine uh, Napoli in second with six. Braga with three and Union Berlin with nil. So they had, they had no points going in, making it quite challenging them for kind of for placing in this one. Great. So let's go into group D. Now, uh the first game of group D was Inter two, Salzburg one. Mark, what was the prediction on this one?
1: I, I just predicted that Inter would win. I didn't give a score line. Um I knew they were playing strong in the league. Uh having said that again, they eked they through two one. Yeah um Salzburg I thought Inter would be able to beat them up a little bit more but mm-hmm. those European nights these 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 smaller clubs are fighting yeah no no true
0: um you know all, all the
1: teams in sort of that Red Bull I guess family
0: um you know the, the they're, they're really scrappers right and we have two of them in this competition so very mm-hmm. interesting to watch so uh, the goals were for Sanchez and uh Chalinolu on, a, on a penalty but I agree with you I think Inter is really running it in Serie A this year um, I think you're, they're going to pick up steam. Um, so, you know, this one is really interesting. Now, the next game was uh, Real Soci- Sociedad and uh, Benfica. From what I remember, Mark,
1: I do think we picked Real Soci- Sociedad to triumph over Benfica. Am I right? You picked Benfica to win 2-1. Uh, I was big on Sociedad. I didn't give a score, but I've I just kept plugging along on Kubo, okay? Takafusa Kubo, mm-hmm. Japanese player. Originally a, um, um, I guess, originally a Barca product. He eventually went to Madrid, out on loan so many times. finally found his place in uh, Sociedad. Uh, He's had a terrific season, both on and off the ball. I mean, yes, he can score, but he seems to be doing a lot more, putting the ball in space, getting those assists, um, just strong overall game. So uh, even though I've also been big on the portuguese uh football factory i'll call it mm-hmm. benfica is suffering okay they, they're now on three losses in this group uh putting them at zero zero points so it's going to be tough for them to to salvage third which i believe is a europa spot but i think they're done in terms of coming in first or second yeah it's going to be hard like from three
0: uh from three games they pick up the uh, no points, right? So yeah, and that's going to be really tough. So how the group is playing out is Real Sociedad with seven points, tied with Inter at seven points. So both of them are up top with uh, Red Bull Salzburg at three and Benfica, like we said, at zero. So that's how Group D is playing out. So we're going to jump over to Group E. Um, very interesting group here. So I'm going to start off with the first game with Feyenoord. So Feyenoord actually prevailed three one over Lazio. Um, I'm not quite sure if
1: we called that one, Mark. Mark, how did we how did we predict that one? Mm-hmm. All right, so that was my prediction. I actually predicted a 1-1 tie. Um, Lazio had been showing something that we hadn't seen. Uh, in the Champions League, we thought they would be a bit weaker. Um, Feyenoord has been playing strong, uh, but I just thought, given the way Lazio had played the last couple of Champions League games, that perhaps it would tie 1-1. Feyenoord won 3-1. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I guess you would say it was a little bit of an upset. So the next game, I know you've been pretty high on Celtic, but this one was Celtic 2, Atletico Madrid 2.
1: Yeah, and and if I'm being honest, I, I really uh, thought Celtic was going to hold on to this. They started off with a bang. I knew playing at Celtic Park um, they'd have that home side advantage, right? That's, that's a really loud uh, park. And if you watch the game, I love it when... You know, the commentators are in between conversations, so they're not speaking. But you can hear the roaring of the crowd. And Celtic Park is one of the best places to, I'm i out at words, to watch a game, right? Like, wow. Or the worst for in a visiting, yeah. Yeah. Um, just as Anfield or, um, what's the one Dortmund called again? Uh, signal or Do Not Park. Yes, yes. I mean, those are the three places on my list of uh, places that I, I plan to go and watch the game. Yeah, bucket list for sure. Yeah, so for a hash, he opened the scoring within the first four minutes. And, um, you know, Celtic's leading. Antoine Griezmann scores in the 25th minute. And, you know, talent wise, Atletico is a lot stronger than Celtic. But when Celtic scores, Three minutes later, 28th minute, okay, Luis Palma. Yeah. Then you're given that hope again, and the crowd's loud. 2-1, Alvaro Morada, 53rd minute, ties it up. Um, Rodrigo DePaul gets a red card in the 82nd minute. Uh, Celtic pressing, um, yeah, tough. Tough, I really wanted them to win. Um, I guess one of the worst things about it is they lost another one of the Japanese players to injury. Yeah, and you were telling us uh, on a podcast before about, uh, you know, the, the new
0: manager bringing in like a Japanese contingent. Or was that... Uh, that was Ange. That was Big Ange. Yeah. Big Ange, Big Ange doing that. So I guess we'll get to Big Ange still too uh, mm-hmm. I, on a later podcast. Uh, again, not not this one because they, are, they didn't make the Champions League. But uh, what was the prediction on
1: this one, Celtic Atletico? Um, You had predicted 3-1 Atletico. Oh, no. I, I had predicted a 1-1 tie. Mm-hmm. So yay, I got the tie pick. Yeah. The other reason I wanted Celtic to win was to make this group really interesting. Because if Celtic had won, then would be on three points. Um, Lazio would be on four, and Atletico would have been on four, and Feyenoord would only have six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just to make the group really interesting and... And put a lot of emphasis on that last game, right? Make it meaningful. Perfect. Now, how this one's playing
0: out right now, um, how it actually did play out, is Stanord sitting at six points, Atletico sitting at five, Lazio at four, and Celtic at the lone one point. So again, I still don't think anybody's truly out of this yet. I guess they're close enough. So this is a good one. Yeah. Next one we're gonna go into, and this is one I, I think everybody's called it, but I take a look at this. I call this the group of
1: death group. This death. is the group of death. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely.
0: Now, one thing that I, I want to point out. Okay, so um I guess I'm gonna be a little bit of a bandwagon jumper here with Dortmund. <laughs> so I I am I, like I am a Dortmund fan, but just saying I wanna be stay away from predicting anything with Dortmund because they've let me down so hard before, but uh they actually pulled off a one-nothing win over Newcastle. Now this was again if anybody's listening out there and you want to watch a game of uh, of highlights or you want to watch a full game, go back and watch this game. This game was so exciting. The yeah. keepers were on point. Both Polk, uh both um Gregory Kobel, they were just great. Like again, you see a lot of firing, you see a lot of crossbars like because this yeah, wasn't Yeah, this, this is this was a really fun game to watch. Absolutely fun game to watch. Um so the score was actually um uh, a uh, uh, Felix Nemache who uh, who was brought in to kind of fill in that Jude Bellingham role, but as of late, um, media has been ripping him apart because uh, just saying things that there there are things external to uh, football that he's he's more excited in, like a new girlfriend and everything like that. So you know they're ripping on him a little bit, but again, he picked the sole sole uh, goal in a win over Newcastle. Now, if my memory serves me right, um, I'm the one that actually made a prediction on this game, and I would and I
1: picked a Newcastle win. You picked Newcastle one nothing. One nothing, and it just fit yeah. the other way. So, and yeah, you know what? This game delivered what I think we were hoping for. You got a group of death. You want all the teams to be fighting. You want an exciting game, right? You expect an exciting game, and both teams delivered. I mean, I guess the one point that we made that you know maybe comes as a surprise: you picked the one nothing win for Newcastle because they were at home at Saint James Park, right? Yeah, you said one of the yeah. toughest places to play. Yeah,
0: so good on Dortmund for that win. Yeah, so the next game, um, now I'm now going to kind of relish in this one for um, not because of anything about mm-hmm. Milan, but PSG won three nothing over Milan. I'm only saying this because I believe in PSG, so they've had a little bit of time to gel. Because if you take a look at PSG, a lot of that team has been turned over. Like there's a lot of new faces there. A lot of new obviously. Faces. Yeah, Messi and Neymar gone. Uh, Xavi Simons, who is a phenomenal player, being loaned out to Red Bull, where he's actually doing well. It's only a one-year loan, so he'll come back. But, um, you know, doing really well in the midfield. Um, So PSG wins 3-0. And I just look at the quality here. Uh, There was one player in the midfield, Zaire Emery, 17 years old. Like, he reminded me of, and again, this is going to be a really, really tough comparison, but what I remember from Roberto Baggio is that he would never go down. You would foul him, whatever. He'd get back up. He'd keep running. He was just like a tank. Maybe I guess compared to like Holland is like that too, but Holland's huge, right? But Zaire Emery Emory, at yeah, seven years old, seven, seven a player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he was good when he was seven too. But yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, and Bop, I even coming after the game and. uh and uh just uh, just uh, saying you know, all the greatest things about him but again a lot of great french contingent and i think like i said it's taking them a while to gel because all the new players to the team and again mbappe not playing the first 3 weeks of uh of the pre- of you know the training just because you know he had that contract holdout. right oh, so yeah. i i think i think they will gel um i'm really excited to watch them uh the final goal um again this was a beauty too uh the, oh whether well, cool. yeah they took off Kuala and they put on Gonzalo Ramos. Now, um, weird to have so much money uh, that they spent on on on, on striker position, but he dummied it. He dummed it. It was a pass, and he dummied it, and it went to, um, I, I guess, another Korean helpful, Lee Kang-in. Uh, so again, there's not just Sun out there. There's Lee Kang-in, and he put it in. I'm like, I thought this call was amazing. And I actually had to watch it back a few times because I wasn't quite sure if Gonzalo Ramos just missed it. Or if he dummied it. But the more I watched it, I'm like, no, he yeah, dummied it. with said it really, really well. So beautiful goal to watch. And it, if, again, if that, that's one that you kind of d- take a look back, go ahead. And again, like I said, with PSG, I honestly think they'll gel. And I think as the season comes along and as they come together, they're going to be a lot more powerful. So we'll we'll see how, they, how that played out. And I'm pretty
1: sure that this is one that was predicted as, as a PSG win or is, or is that something that didn't? No, I. So this was my game. I yeah. predicted uh, Milan would win, and I'll, let me give some reasoning here. PSG, um, two games ago, were still trying to find that find their feet, gel together. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about how they were in fifth, I believe,
0: hmm.
1: and you know Milan was top of the table at the time. And this goes back to what I said earlier this podcast. Sometimes that domestic league game going into the Champions League weighs a lot on players' minds. And two things could have happened, right? So Milan just played against Juve. In what was a rather drab, boring game, mm-hmm. a stupid deflection goal for Juve to win it. Um, and I thought Milan has two ways to react either gonna come out line or they were gonna take that sort of drab momentum into this game. And clearly I think it was it was more of the latter um and again, credit to PSG they came to play at home but uh yeah those those sluggish games on the weekend leading into Champions League I think I think it weighs a lot not just on the body but on the mind too. Yeah, a good analysis. Another thing I want to say, Milan,
0: and I don't think you're going to agree with me here, but I think uh, Olivier Giroud is, you know, where he's an amazing marksman, again, going down as one of the best strikers of the France team. I think he's just a little bit, he's a step too slow now. Um, and I think is what is that, 36 years old right now? I think he's a step too slow. And I, don't, I think if, you know, if he's there to catch the opportune header from across, I was going to say he's there and great and everything like that. But I, I really think they have to factor in um, Okafor and factor in Jovic to come in and play and see how that, because you have such a great winger in Rafael Leal. Like, again, you need just some a little bit more chemistry with that. So let's see how that plays out. Um, like, again, one example that I saw, I don't know if this was Pulisic over shooting it, but he did have, uh, I guess, uh, like a, a free run on net, whereas he could have actually gone for the strike. He actually put it out the far post for a tap-in from Giroud. And I don't think anybody really could have made it there on time. However, um, I think uh, there's other players that could have... Uh, you know um you know at least giving it a little bit more of a run a run a run for your money so again need a little bit more of a quicker uh striker uh to sit between leo and pulizic
1: yeah i mean you make a great point um even though he is such a fan favorite even though he still pops in goals you do need to balance the time give the young guys minutes because how are they ever going to perform produce grow unless they get that opportunity Perfect, and let's see how this group is playing. I mean, I think it's still pretty tight. Group of death, it's playing
0: itself out. So PSG at six points, Dortmund at four, Newcastle at four, and Milan at two. So I really think this is still anybody's game. If anybody goes on a rip, um, I, I think they can get that. So again, really, really interesting group to watch. Yeah, I, I think Milan are are in a very tight spot, though. Yeah, they're not doing themselves any favor, especially with the tough competition that they have.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: So we're going to move on to Group G. Um, Group G. So the first game we had here, and I can't see it, uh, this prediction going uh, going up against our favor. But it was Man City, uh, Young Boys. So Man City three, uh, Young Boys one. Um, I felt like Man City had a huge control over this game earlier on, and they were kind of they were they they were kind of cruising to the victory. But I felt like they, they took their foot off of the gas pedal a little bit. I think Young Boys really gave them a a run near the end. However, they, you know, Man City still won.
1: Yeah, I mean they played possession ball in this game. Um they had a lot of shots, a lot on target, but something was Yeah, I mean the scoreline 3-1 you predicted, you got this one. You predicted a 4-1. Mm-hmm. Man City. Um but I mean after the Akanji goal in the 48th minute, Young Boys come right back. They score in the 52nd minute. And then arguably, you know, Erling Haaland gets a, a PK.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And then he does score a late one, the 86th minute. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird game, I thought. Because does the scoreline show their quality? Yeah. Do the numbers show their quality? Yeah. But at the same time, I, there, there's a je ne something that really didn't didn't jive and, and show their true potential. Or maybe just credit to Youngboy's defense. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the next game here. And this was our,
0: uh, Red Bull Leipzig over Red Star Belgrade. Um, Red Bull prevailed 3-1. Um, I think Red Bull's actually also picking up steam, uh, whether it's in the Bundesliga. And I think, uh, you know, now they've kind of... Uh, I, th- I think they're kind of putting a mark that they're going to be the second place team in this group.
1: Yeah, so we talked about the Red Bull teams, Leipzig being their strongest one, right? Um, I ha- I actually got this one right. Yay, I picked Leipzig. Although I did say one Um But Leipzig was at home, and they did what they needed to do. You know, uh, convincing 1-3-1. Okay, so let's move on to Group
0: H. Um, this was a really good game. Uh, the first one... A that i that mean, we're going to be looking at is uh, Barcelona, Shakhtar Donetsk. Now, um, Barcelona came, o- came o- off with a win 2-1. Um, so, and then some then another player became... So, the, we've, we've seen that last little bit. Lamenia Mall 17-year-old wonder kid. Um, on the weekend, Mark... I think it's pronounced Mark Wee. Also a 17-year-old that, that came in. He ended up winning the game for them on the weekend. And now... Uh, who factored into both goals, but Firmin Lopez... Um, Twenty years old, so I guess he's like one of the senior citizens on this team. But he factored into both goals. But I think he had an amazing game in uh, in midfield. Um, again, the first goal uh, being off to Ferran Torres, but again him factoring really, really well into that one by hitting a hitting a crossbar and letting it go right back to Ferran
1: Torres. Yeah, but I'm going to give credit to uh, Shakhtar. Yeah. Um, again, this is this part of the conversation we had with Mateo on the weekend for this kind of Barca squad. You're you're eking out a home victory here. You're barely winning. It's two one, and you're playing at the Camp Nou. So something's off too. Although, again, good on Shakhtar for for plugging away, getting their sixty second minute goal. You know, uh, but but interestingly, and I had warned you. I said they were playing at home. You had picked a Barca Shakhtar one one tie. Wow, close. Yeah, no, no, I I was close in that.
0: Um, one thing that I want to point out with Barca, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll take this up with Matteo, a self-proclaimed Barca fan, but I think uh, Gundogan coming there, he's really icing things in, and showing a lot of leadership in the midfield. So I think that was something that they may have lacked, but um, I really enjoy kind of watching him play and how he's kind of working with the younger players. So, um, you know, that, that, that's been actually good. And it was a free transfer, too. All right. And
1: the final game was between Antwerp and Porto. And you know I've been riding pretty high on Porto. I had predicted a three uh, nothing Porto win, and they didn't disappoint me. They came out with a lot of goals, four uh, one final. Um, this was to be expected. I mean, this is this is the kind of result I would have expected from a Man City or a Barca against their opponents, right? Um, weaker team in Antwerp, and coming with all your might. So how does Group H roll itself out?
0: Um, Barcelona with full points at nine, uh, Porto in second place with six, Shakhtar Donetsk with uh, three points, and Antwerp with zero. So um, again, I think this is how it's going to land out with Barcelona and Porto going forward. But again, Shakhtar, again, give it to them. They
1: know they're they're causing a lot of trouble out there. So let's talk about um, what happens at the end of this group stage, Marco. Mm -hmm. The top two teams from each group advance, correct? Yeah. That's right. They go to the knockout stage, um also a two game uh sort of
0: playoff between them before they go yeah. to the next round. And what happens to the third place team in each group? So the third place team in each group gets a ticket to the Europa League. Again, which is this the, the which is the next tier tier down uh uh competition in Europe. So um we're thinking right here kind of going into uh I guess the middle of uh, of of the group stage right now. We're going to get predictions on who we think is going to be the Europa
1: um I guess the European? Win the Europa spot. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Europa champion. I was just going to throw Liverpool's name out there just (laughs) because. The Europa spot. So, Group A. Who's going to have the Europa spot there, Mark? Okay, I'm going to say, well, Bayern's going to definitely advance. And I I think Galatasaray is going to hold on. I'm going to pick an upset here. Yeah. I'm going to say Copenhagen. Copenhagen gets it. I yeah, mean, yeah, and I, I think it. because Man U's got a lot of injuries, and so don't know how long they'll last. Um, wow, Harry Maguire scored this game. But um, with him in the lineup, no, I don't know how
0: long they can keep that up. Yeah. You know what? I actually just changed my mind this very second. Um, I was going to say Man United was going to pick up that Europa spot. But I honestly think that they're going to pick it up throughout the season and really kind of s- solve things up. And I think Galatasaray is going to grab that Europa spot.
1: Wow. Alright. Hey, so group B, uh who's gonna grab the Europa spot here? Yeah, Sevilla. Yeah. Sevilla. It's almost like they want to drop to Europa. Right. Because that's their tournament, right? Seven time champions. Um they have it sorted out. They have it figured out. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, so you pick Sevilla.
0: Um I take a look at that. I, I do like the PSV team, so I think that they're gonna pull it out and I think
1: they're gonna win Europa. I believe mean, they're one, they're gonna they're gonna win the Europa spot. The Europa spot. Okay. Group C. Um, group C, I'm going to go with Braga. I, yeah, I think I um, agree with you on this. Madrid's already through in my mind. Yeah. Napoli is too strong. Uh, Braga's playing very strong. Huh? So I can't see Union Berlin knocking no. them out on that third spot. Yeah, not at all. And I can't see Braga really overtake uh,
0: Napoli here. You yeah. think no- Napoli's only getting stronger. And once Osemane gets back, I think they're just going to be that much going now. That Kvart is really kind of really going now. So, yeah, I think I agree with you there on Braga.
1: All right, Group D... Um, Sociedad and Inter tied on seven points. They are the two strongest teams. Mm. I don't see Salzburg making a run, and Benfica is already sitting on zero. So, I'll go with Salzburg finishing third.
0: Interesting. You know what? I would have agreed with you. However, I want to be a little bit contradictory here, and I'm going to say Benfica is going to take the Europa spot. Why not?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on over to Group E. All right. So. This is the, see, I like this situation. This is one of those unpredictable ones. Um I do think Feyenoord is is playing very well domestically and in Champions League so far. Kinda of reminds me of um the Deuce Tadic Ajax year when Ajax went really far, right? Right. So um I think Feyenoord's gonna actually take this group. Um, between Madrid, Lazio, um, I'm going to go with Atletico.
0: You think they're going to hit the Europa spot?
1: Yeah, it's going to play out how it is right now, and
0: I think it's going to be Lazio. Yeah, let's just stick with that. Yeah, Yeah. Lazio. Okay. Okay, so moving on to Group F, the group of death. This one's going to be interesting. Mark, which
1: one do you think? Can PSG hold on? That's the question. Can Newcastle manage their domestic um quest for the top four and also compete in the champions league i think should i I just go crazy here hey it's your podcast i was gonna go crazy and say psg third but let's let's have some sort of common sense about us yeah um I think Newcastle will stay in that third spot. Yeah. Um, again, just to be a little bit contradictory, I think Dortmund's going
0: to drop to that third spot. Well, they're technically tied with Newcastle right now, but I, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't have too much belief in, uh, you know, how stable the team is together. And uh, Coach Edin Terzic, I know he's got a few knocks against him. Uh, you know, if he's been on and off. He was it yeah, as their manager. So I don't know. Let's just leave it at that. I'm going to say uh, Dortmund does it.
1: Yeah, although I don't want to take away from Milan, I mean, no, not at all. One bad weekend, this team could easily come back and oh, hundred percent. Like we said, this third or fifth second, yeah. This group is so
0: this group is so tight. So this one's this one's probably the hardest one to probably predict. But I'll stick with my
1: Newcastle prediction for sure. Group G. Um, so we got Man City through. Like Leipzig is going to go through no problem. It's between Young Boys and Red Star Belgrade. Uh, I'm going to go with Young Boys because even though they've lost um, two games, they've been playing pretty strong. So for that reason, I think they'll finish third. I get it. And I know the away fixture.
0: um, I'm actually going to go with Red Star. Red Star is going to pick up the Europa spot. So everyone says that it's going to go through. I don't know. That's that's my prediction. Okay. So let's uh,
1: wrap it up now with Group H. Group H, who's going to take this one? So Barcelona is going to go through. Yeah. Ordo's playing so strong. They'll take the second. Um, Shakhtar again. After, I mean, when you take a look at their display against Barcelona, um, they'll finish third. Antwerp, thanks for coming out, but I think Antwerp's probably the weakest team in the Champions League this year.
0: Um, I think I have to agree with you, and I don't think I can... Honestly, say De Porto was going to drop down any further. I do think they're playing really, really strong. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think Shakhtar Donetsk is going to grab that Europa spot.
1: All right, so it's time for match day four predictions. Yeah, I think this is a favorite from some of our
0: listeners because they go back and they they check in more than we do. Yeah.
1: Well, how about you lead it on? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just get a, a pen or a pencil. Okay. Do do. So you can write it down as you go along. Okay, so I'm, we're just going to go through it the way Google has it. All right. Right. Okay. So let me make two columns here, Mark and Marco. Okay. So this time we'll each make predictions. As that's an, I'm not go on and off, off, off and on.
0: We won't say, we're, 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 we're already at like fifty minutes. Let's just kind of blast through this one and call it a day.
1: Are we at fifty minutes?
0: Yeah, fifty-three minutes now.
1: Holy! That Bobby Charlton took up twenty. <laughs> it was okay. necessary. Yeah, got to give him credit. All right. So looking ahead to the match day four predictions, our first game here is Dortmund versus Newcastle, and this is what Marco's been talking about—the home and away that starts right. So. Dortmund at home against Newcastle. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say a 1-1 tie. You know, that's what I was thinking too. All right. Uh the next game um and these games will start on Tuesday, November 7th. Mm-hmm. Shakhtar at home uh with Barca. Yeah, you know what?
0: Since Barcelona at home won 2-1, I think this one's going to be a 2-2 tie. 2-2 two, two tie. Yeah. Maybe uh, Barcelona doesn't go through this, uh, I guess, group stage perfect. I'm going to say 0-0. Zero, zero. Interesting. Okay, so the next game we have up is Lazio Feyenoord, and this was an interesting game just this week. Mark, what do you think?
1: Lazio at home. Um, I think this is going to be a lot, of, a lot of ties here. I'm going to go... But Feynard's playing so well. I'm gonna say Feyenoord ekes one out, one nothing. Interesting. Okay, going into the next game, Porto Antwerp. Um, like again, I say this
0: is gonna be a Porto 3 nothing win. 3 0 win.
1: Yeah. Can't argue with there. I mean, they're at home this time, right? If they're if they're winning uh four one on the road, yeah. Let let's say they get the shutout. Mm-hmm.
0: So three 3-0. Perfect. And Mark, the next one, Man City, Young Boys for the second fixture.
1: How's this one? Is this going to play out any different? Uh, I think it will. And my reason's going to be very quick. Um, Pep knows that they're through. Knows that they'll probably win the game. I think he's going to rest some guys. So, I'll, I'll go for a 2 nothing Man City.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's another thing we have to consider right now. If Teams look like they're comfortably through. Are they really going to play a full squad? So, yeah. yeah again, that's where the tactics come in, too. All right. For the next game is Milan PSG. All right. Milan PSG. Uh, interesting. I was on the PSG bandwagon. Well, not on the bandwagon. I kinda, I'm i kind of driving the bandwagon here. Um, however, I don't think they're going to go through this one perfect. I think this is going to be, I don't know,
1: Donnarumma versus Mignon. I think it's going to be a 1 1 tie. Oh, on water. I'm actually going to say Milan's going to come with a fight at home and win it one-nothing. Yeah. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if they actually
0: try some of the backup strikers that I was talking about.
1: Okay, next game. Atletico Madrid at home to Celtic. I think at home, Celtic has that uh, that extra man behind them on the road. It's a lot tougher. Uh, with the injury to Rio Hatate. I'm not going to put this one at Atletico
0: 2-0. Fair, fair enough. And the next one, Red Star, Cereza Vesda, playing Leipzig in Belgrade. I don't know, it's tough,
1: but I still think it's going to be a Leipzig 2-1 win. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, next, Sociedad at home to Benfica. Um, Benfica just doesn't have it in this tournament this year. Uh, Sociedad, they're strong at home. Uh, still riding high on Kubo. I'm going to say they'll get another one nothing win.
0: Fair enough. And then the next game, Napoli-Union-Berlin, but in Naples. Um, again, they, they won the first game one nothing. Second leg in Naples. I don't think it's going to be that much different. Maybe Osimhen is back. I'm going to say it's going to be a 2 nothing victory for Napoli.
1: Alright. Next game. Copenhagen, Man United, in Copenhagen. They're at home. Um, they played strong. I think they're going to upset Menu, but I'm going to even call. They're going to shut them out. I'm going with 2-0 Copenhagen. Interesting. They did play Bayern very, very hard, so did, I know yeah. that they have it in them. Yeah. Yeah, Bayern eked out that win. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: no. I, I know that they have it in them, so yeah, this is going to be an interesting game too. So then the next game is Red Bull Salzburg at Inter. Um, yeah, I think Inter is slowly going to start kind of gathering steam, and I know this is going to be in Austria and Salzburg. However, I think it's still going to be an Inter 2-0. One.
1: Yeah, and I think Inter is another team that has enough points that they might change up their lineup too. Okay, the next game is Bayern at home to Galatasaray. Um I'm just going to do something crazy and say this game ends in a 2-2 draw. Yeah, so do they do the same thing like you mentioned before? Do they,
0: you know, play a different lineup Bayern does because, you know, they're doing really well on points. So, interesting. Like, again, I don't think Bayern has gelled quite yet. Uh,
1: However, yeah, I don't think I can bet against that one either. Yeah, Yeah, next one is Arsenal and at home to Sevilla. Yeah, this one's mine. Um,
0: I can't see Arsenal not winning this one. Although, against Sevilla, being great competition. I think it's going to have some, I say it's going to be the same score, 2-1. For Arsenal.
1: Yeah, for Arsenal. Yeah, okay. I'll agree with that one. Okay, the next game, PSV at home to Lens, as Margot calls it. Yes. Um, Like I said, Lens, great team at home. On the road. Um, well, you're on the road in uh, Eindhoven, right? Mm-hmm. And PSV is strong at home as well. Okay, a lot, of, a lot of these teams, the home crowd makes such a difference. So I'll we'll call PSV winning 1 0. Yeah, good call. I think I agree with that.
0: Eindhoven's a very, very strong team. So uh, I know Lance is a little bit higher in the group stage, but agree with that. And then the last one to bring it uh, is Real Madrid Braga. Um, like, again, no slight on Braga but I think Real Madrid is a well-oiled machine. Um, do Again, do they experiment with the lineup at all? I don't mm-hmm. know. I say they still comfortably win this one 3-0. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm going to go a different route here. Madrid's on nine points. They're through. Mm-hmm. Um, Braga is giving me memories of Sheriff Tiris. How do you say it? sheriff tersol Terapsol or something like it's called sheriff yeah sheriff and we remember how they upset uh, Madrid in Champions League group stage um maybe not an upset but I'm gonna say a one-one tie here interesting okay sure. so I think that wraps up our podcast uh
0: for 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 the for the day um again we're, we're always so excited on Champions League talks so you know we we really went in depth here so hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we do so thank you so much and signing off it's marco and and mark keeping you semi-informed